Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Irish on Tap, presented to you by the On Tap Sportsnet. I am your host, Brandon Suarez. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Ethan Wiles. Today, we're going to preview the Navy game this Saturday at 1.30 over at Notre Dame Stadium. It's going to be a great game. Some say it may be the game of the week. Number 16, Navy takes, or number 16, Notre Dame takes on the number 20, Navy midshipmen. Uh, it's going to be a great game. I'm excited for it. But before we jump into all that, Ethan, how you doing going into this game? Oh, man, I'm ready. Uh, I know we talked about it on the week before, but you and I will be there in person Saturday. Uh, keep an eye out on the Irish on Tap Twitter for the content that we'll be putting out to you. We'll be there all day. Uh, but other than that, just looking forward to this matchup. I, I've always loved this matchup. My grandpa was in the Navy. He's the reason I became a Notre Dame fan. So uh, growing up, this matchup uh, has meant a lot to me. So uh, just ready to see this game in person again. It's been a while since I've seen uh, Notre Dame and Navy in person. So uh, just looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, first and foremost, to those who have served our country that, you know, dominate or rock the Navy midshipman jersey, we definitely respect you and we thank you for your service. Uh, but this weekend, it's all business. You guys are coming into us at the tw- as the 23-ranked team in the nation at 7-1. and one. Um, It's an interesting matchup, I think. You know, the Navy game every year, I've said it on previous podcasts, is just interesting because they run an offense unlike any other. It's a, it's a high school type offense. It's an old school type offense. They don't pass the ball a lot. They're in that triple option formation. They're going to keep your linebackers and your defensive ends guessing. And unfortunately for us, for the remainder of the season, like we stated last week, we're going to be going without Julian Acosta. So it is going to be an interesting week in South Bend uh, as far as the offensive scheme that we're going to face. Uh, and I just, you know, I haven't seen the way that this, you know, last year they performed well against Navy, but they haven't seen an offense like this, like this this year. So I'm interested to see how they'll do. They obviously had a, you know, a lockdown performance last week, only giving up seven points. And I really do think this year they have been the strong suit of this team. And, you know, outside of my favorite word, we like to call it the outlier game against Michigan. They have been a pretty goddamn solid unit. You can put them up against any unit in the nation. Yeah, I mean, they were able to contain a, a you know a quick quarterback last week. We touched on it uh, all of last week, but um, and they got to do it again this week. I mean, it's the triple option offense. I've gone against it. Um, I've even you know gone as far as being on the scout team and you know getting our team ready for it. And it's not easy to it's not easy to stop. So um, especially when you haven't seen it all year, you've been going against teams that run a spread offense, and now you've got to prepare for a team that runs the ball. 80% of the time, I'd say, so uh, if not higher. But uh, it's going to be a, a battle this weekend. Navy likes to run the ball. They like to control the clock. Uh, it's going to be important to see how long this defense can last if uh, the offense doesn't come out uh, as strong as we'd hope. Yeah, and you bring up a great point. This weekend, drive continuity is going to be very important for that offense. we got to finish drives. We need to be able to get in the end zone. At the very least, give Dewar a chance to kick a field goal. My opinion is, you know, we've seen it time in, time out, you know, watching our beloved Chicago Bears, the time of position game get ruined. That's Navy's style of play. They want to come in. They want to control the clock. They want to, you know, they, I don't know what type of weird analytical math that, you know, 
we'll just call them run the ball guys as football coaches come up with it. It is, it works. It's science. I've seen it proven. You got three plays, you run it all three times with your goofy triple option formation one way or another, you're going to get yards. I think it's going to be a great game. I honestly think it's going to be a low scoring game. Um, I don't know how our offense will perform against their defense, but you know, their only loss this year, might I add, is to the Memphis, you know, to Memphis. Memphis is a quality team. The Memphis Tigers, you know, they last year they they had a quality season. This year they're looking to compete in the uh, in the American Conference again. And uh, you know, between UCF, they've basically been having a stranglehold on that conference over the years. So, you know, bringing that up, um, seeing that they've only, you know, they only lost one game so far this season. We'll get into their schedule, but that loss was thirty-five to twenty-three. Not too bad. Uh, they have not played anyone of all caliber. Obviously, you know, with the schedule that they have, they have played teams like Connecticut, Tulane, USF, Tulsa, and Air Force. Those those were five of their wins. Um, and then the other or the other two actually came against East Carolina, and then they played Holy Cross in Week One. So, shout out to Holy Cross. Definitely a, a good idea to schedule that game. But other than that, it's it's not too much of a bang-bang schedule. I don't see this Navy team having the athletes that we do on the field. Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of overestimate Navy every year. I think no matter what, this game always has been close. Uh, obviously, you want to see Notre Dame blow them out, but uh, in years past, they've always kept it close. You know, I, I was at the game that Navy ended the the streak for Notre Dame back in 08, so um, – yeah, I mean, I don't think Navy ever really has the same type of caliber talent that Notre Dame has. But, I mean, for a quarterback that's able to run for, you know, a 1,000 yards so far in a season, you know, especially with the offense they run. So, uh, it's, it's tough. It really is tough. It's going to be about reading people on defense, and I think that we have the better defense in this matchup. So, Yeah, and you know what that truly does? Mean? That means he's just been juking defensive ends out of their jock straps all season long no yeah, discipline that, whatsoever yeah i mean that's pretty much what the key is to stopping the triple option is discipline so so yeah like you said you know malcolm perry their quarterback 5'9 190 on the year he's 720 he has 722 yards five touchdowns three interceptions i think the number that's most interesting to me is he's 29 of 53 on the year so they do not pass the ball at all. Like I said, this is a game that you can expect them to pass in the neighborhood of 10 to 15 times. I'm going to reel back the take that I gave them a ceiling of 20. You will not see them pass the ball over 15 times this game. And, you know, he's also leading the charge on the ground. He's got 157 carries for 100 or one. Th- yeah, like you said, 1,042 yards and 16 touchdowns. So he is lightening up for them. They're leading receiver on the year has nine receptions and 241 yards with one touchdown by the name of Michael Cooper, sophomore 6'5", 215. So he does have the size. They just don't really get him the ball, I would say. Uh, Looking at this offense, you know what we're going to get. It's just a question of how are we going to stop it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I think that we've got the better defense. Uh, We've got a lot of quick guys in positions. Um, you know, we talked about Tariq Bracey being important last week because of this game. Uh, I thought he played well. Um, I think the speed with him is there coming off the edge. So, 
Uh, yeah, I think we've got the better defense. It'll just be a matter of, like you said, being disciplined and being able to stop the uh, the option. Yeah, and I mean, the option can attack you in many ways, which is going to lead me to my next point. So they have two fullbacks on the year that do, you know, receive not necessarily the bulk of the carries, but at 104 carries for 505 yards for seven touchdowns for Mr. Nelson Smith. And then Jamal Carruthers, three, or 36 carries, 355 yards, eight touchdowns, and he averages nine yards a pop. So with that being said, not only are the DNs going to be busy, you know, Mr. Omos is going to be busy. You know, Mr. Drew White is going to be busy as Marbalal. The run fits are going to have to be on point. Everyone is going to have to stay disciplined. And this is one of those games where I need to see 11 guys swarm to the football. Yeah, and I found a, a stat earlier that uh, the season tackles so far for this defense, Bilal is 56, White has 55, Gilman is 52, and Owosu Koromoa has 51. The next one, the next best is Jalen Jalen Elliott with 35. Boy, I can't talk tonight. Um, so I mean, that goes to show. I mean, it's you're gonna have a big day from the first four, uh, those first four guys with the leading tackles. I think they'll make the most impact like they had all season. Uh, and Tariq Bracy, like I said, is gonna be big as well. So yeah, and you love seeing him. You know, man in that slot position. It's good to see him get the time. Obviously. You know, with the injuries that we've had and stuff like that throughout the season, he's been able to get in there a little bit more than we would have expected, but it's good to see him there making plays. And then I really do feel bad at, you know, just the way you, Mishler, Chris, all of us felt at the beginning of the season towards the linebackers, because they have been nothing but great. And, I, you know, I will say it week in and week out, um, it, it's a great thing to see, you know, the progression of the unit. And then another note on Jalen, on behalf of Jalen Elliott, he's actually going to be playing in the Reese's Senior Bowl this year too. So it's great to see him get, a, you know, one final opportunity after the bowl game to showcase his skills for the next level. Yeah, we talked about it, uh, whether it was the last podcast or a few podcasts ago, just about the success in the NFL and the talent that Notre Dame is able to pump out every year. So um, I think we've got a lot of guys that, will you know get their name called on Sundays but uh yeah for an opportunity like that you know that's huge and it gives me a reason to watch the game and you know on the topic of the senior bowl as well Chase Claypool will be playing in the Reese's senior bowl too so that's another opportunity for him to showcase what he's got uh before I would assume an NFL combine in so you know reeling it back into this weekend you know like we both said this is an offense that you know, whether they run the ball a lot or not, they do put up. So they average 40 points per game with a total of 456.8 yards, 98.9 coming in the air, and then 357.9 of those yards coming on the ground. So those are numbers that, you know, if you get that after the first week of the season, okay, you know, that was a fluke. They are week in and week out running it up on teams. And they are winning, you know, their margin of victory in their games is usually pretty high. They're not just beating teams by a slim margin. Yeah, I think it goes back to just how difficult it is to actually, you know, prepare and, and stop this offense. Um, I, I think a lot of those teams, some see Navy more, but uh, I think we always know that this team's on the schedule and that at some point, you know, we got to prepare for them and get into that triple option. It helped last week that we played a, a quarterback that was able to run the ball and could run the ball. Uh, we stopped him to... Uh, very minimal yards last week. So hopefully we can do the same thing with Malcolm Perry, who has been around um, a good leader. Um, he can run, run, he can run the ball. You know, we've seen that. 
Yeah, and I was going to say Quentin Harris got a 10-piece no business last week on seven carries, so you hate to see that. But I mean, when your quarterback's the leading rusher and the passer on the team, like you know what you're going to get. Yeah, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. They got to you know what? The goal on the defensive side of the ball, you know, it should be to create pressure right away. Make him uncomfortable. Obviously, he's not going to be passing the ball a lot, but you know, if you get in there, you get a chance to get a clean hit, go ahead and take his head off. Legally, it's though. About being, <laughs> don't get it. It's about being physical, yeah. I mean, legally, obviously. Yeah, but, don't don't um, get it targeting, but, you know, if you got a chance to ring his bell, go out there by any means or do it. Yeah, that's the one thing that we always talked about, too. You'll see a lot of the, the like, the pitch game going on on Saturday from uh, from Perry to whether it be one of the, the backs. But, uh, you know, the one thing we always were told, especially the D lineman on the edge, that, you know, whether the quarterback has it or not, you know, hit him. You know, if he if he just pitched the ball, you know, give him a hit. Let him know that, you know, the defense is there. And I think Notre Dame will do that. I mean, we we have a strong defense. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of talent, and I think they'll just I think they'll play well Saturday. Yeah, and, and you know, like you said, we do have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Um, it's going to be next man up. You know, with Julian Aquara out. Khalid Kareem should have a solid game. I believe Myron Tagovailoa will have a good game. I think this is this is one of those games where he's going to end up with quite a few tackles because of the way they run up the middle with the fullback. And then, you know, Drew White too. Drew White's having a solid season and then of course our guy Asmar Ball. So I think all, you know, all across the board everyone's going to have an opportunity to make their plays because you know as weird as this sounds, you know, when you get you know Let's say you get a quarterback that throws the ball a little bit more than eight, nine times a game. You're not going to get as many opportunities. Maybe they're throwing the ball away from you or, you know, they're not throwing it your way. You're not, you know, for whatever reason in the play, the play is running away from you. With them running the ball, all this misdirection, I promise you 11 hats on the ball. Everyone will get their stats this game. Everyone will have their chance to make, you know, those type of plays that you could throw on your highlight tape in the NFL. It's going to be one of those defensive games, and they are, you know, we haven't even gotten into the offense because if we cannot stop this, you know, we cannot stop this Navy offense, there's no shot of us winning this game because they they are relentless. They are going to get their yards, and they are going to get some points. Um I still don't think it's going to be too high scoring because I do think at the end of the day, the good guys will come out on top on the defensive side of the ball as well as the offensive. But it's just, a, you know, it's just one of those things where this offense just makes you look and wonder what the hell is going to happen on Saturday. Yeah, and I'll wrap it up with my thought here before we get on the offensive side of the ball. But this is almost a game where you don't want to see Gilman, Kyle Hamilton, guys like that have a lot of tackles. Oddly enough, you don't want to see that. That means they're getting past the first and second level, and now you're relying on your backs to, to bring the guy down. You know, this is a huge game, like you said, for the front four. Huge game for the linebackers. Uh, I think you'll see a lot of tackles being made in the trenches, but, yeah, you, you don't want to see a Lowy Gilman having 11 tackles. That's just not good against a triple option offense. Yeah, and, you know, in my opinion, I think the defense is going to be aggressive. I think they're going to be a little bit more willing to call blitz, you know, not only just sending one man, sending a few, because you know at the end of the day they're not going to be passing the ball. So you might as well. I'm going to call it. I think we will see Navy beat Notre Dame on a pass at some point on Saturday. 
Absolutely, because we're going to be sitting with our pants down. But I think Notre Dame – okay, so I'll call it like this before we get into the offense. I think we're going to come out on defense, blitzing, going crazy, being aggressive, and then when you, you – know, what you just said, when that happens, they'll tone it back a little bit. You know, the, you know, the Navy offense is going to keep – they're going to keep honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've seen it. I've seen it. You know, other teams that aren't Navy, they, they beat us on a pass when we're expecting run. Um, I think the key to the, I think the key word to this podcast and this week is discipline. If, you know, I mean, obviously you need to be a disciplined football team every game, but um, facing a tricky offense, it's going to be tough, but uh, I think the, the defense will play. Yeah, and, you know, we'll wrap it up on the defense. We'll hop back towards the end of the podcast, and we'll get into, you know, the player of the game on the defensive side of the ball. But going into, you know, this week, offense, I would say quite arguably had one of the best performances of their season, you know, last week against Duke. So do you think, you know, I got to do it every week on the preview podcast. Go into it. I got to ask you your question, Ethan. Are we going to get 303 from Ian? I think we will. I think that he is going against a defense that probably isn't the strongest. Um, he was able to do good things against Duke. I think that if we we're able to to get the passing game going early, then it'll be a good game. I, I, I do think that they will get that. Uh, I think it's going to be a huge day for Book and Claypool. I think they're going to uh, connect for a few touchdowns this weekend. Um I, I think we will get that game from Ian Book again today, or on yeah. Saturday, rather. Yeah, and like you know, like you said last week or earlier in the week on the podcast, and you know, just previously, Fink, Fink's hitting his stride. He had a nice little forty-five yard return last week, caught himself a touchdown. Claypool found the end zone, uh, but really, again, you know, this Navy unit, this defensive unit, on the year, they're giving up eighteen point one points per game, uh, and then yardage wise, actually only giving up three hundred and ten point six. 201.3 through the air and 109.4 on the ground. So they are, you know, like I said, take those stats with a grain of salt because they're not playing the best competition. But, you know, 18.1 points per game in college is still a pretty admirable feat, in my opinion. Here's the thing. Notre Dame puts up 246 yards through the air per game. And Navy allows 201. I Meet mean, if that's, not, if that's not the stat. I mean, meet, meet you at 225 and three touchdowns and call it a day. I'm going to go. I think he's going to top 300. I, 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 just, I just think that. See, my yeah. thing is, my thing is, is and I, and I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm just happy if he puts over 300 and that's, that includes the ground. Cause he's been running the rock a lot better as this, you know, as we've been coming down the stretch here. So and I, I guess, like, I guess we should confirm this because I get, I kind of guess I've been, confused are we going 300 all purpose or do we do we count all purpose yards for the 300 or how does this work no you're you're 300 the ethan the trademark ethan 303 and when we get some t-shirt ideas there that's going to be the first one we'll get you a mitch version and an alternate version an alternate for mitch because we don't know how long he's going to last i think we're going to get ian book back next year so we can definitely get that shirt in rotation but for you i'll say it's 303 I'm not as confident as, you know, as him getting that 300 yards every week in the air, but I know he's going to contribute on the ground. 
it's just not that's not my shtick. That's yours, bro. I can't steal it from you. I mean, I just think that the way he was able I mean, Chris Fink finally had a breakout game last week, so that was huge. Um, you always got to be worried about Chase Claypool. And then you always got to be worried about Cole Komet as well. I, th- those are the three biggest targets on this offensive side. I think Book's going to get him going early. Um, I think the run game will be important as well. But I- I'm going to call the 300 for three game this weekend. Absolutely. 300 passing yards, three touchdowns. Ethan's trademark, the 303. And like we stated earlier in the week, we're going to be out there. It's only going to be, you know, it's going to be about 30 degrees. It's, it's a lot better weather than we've been having out, out here in DeKalb this week. So I can deal with it. It's going to be an amazing Saturday out in South Bend, cracking them after it. Then we're going to be back the following week for Boston College. So Irish on tap. It's getting out there at, towards the end of the season. You know, we wish games meant a little bit more. But at this point, we're just happy to see some, you know, ranked football here in our backyard towards the end of the season. As far as the offensive side of the ball, I do think this is one of those games, although you you know you are calling for a 303, I want to see a full dose of the run backs. I want to see you beat Navy at their own game. I think that not only one would be, you know, that would be hilarious, but I don't think we'll get 300 yards on the ground. That shit's just not going to happen. We're not built like that. But I think we're able to somehow – you know, pull a reversal, keep them honest. We get them, you know, tucked in early on the run, and then we beat them deep, you know, hit hit Chris Fink deep because, you know, let's call a spade a spade. He hasn't had the greatest season. He did have a breakout game last week. They're not necessarily going to be keying in on Chris Fink. So I think, again, I'm not going to call him my player of the game yet, but I think Chris Fink could have another blowout game this week. And, you know, from a return standpoint, he's going to find the house one way or another before the end of the season. It's just a matter of if it's going to be this week. I would hope that it is because I feel like you would be going crazy uh, if you saw Oh, that. Absolutely. So absolutely. absolutely. Anytime you see a college player return, any kind of kick is impressive, to say the least. Um, I, I, I hope it happens. I'd love to see a punt return, especially a guy like Chris Fink, who, I mean, just has a great story. So absolutely. you got to root yeah. for him. And my thing is too, and and you know this is this is a little unrelated, but as far as like sports plays, okay, so you know you got you know you got the home run in baseball, you got the slam dunk in basketball, maybe a you know a five hole goal in hockey. I don't know what you got in the other sport, and then and you know in football, you got a couple different type of plays, maybe a six or you know a kick return or a punt return. What is your favorite, you know, sports one play moment? I don't think it gets any better than what happened with Alabama and Auburn. I mean, oh, so you're, return, you're going a, even further as the field goal return. Yeah, yeah, that I, I mean, was nuts. I mean, I think it's just so rare. And I guess the only time you really see a missed field goal return happen is at the end of a half or at the end of a game like that case. Um, I, I, gotta, I think the game-winning field goal is second up there no matter what the game is you know, a game-winning icing, field goal is moment. and I, I can't trust kickers anymore I'm a Bears fan so it's like anytime that a kicker lines up for a game-winning kick now it's like oh boy so yeah. thoughts and prayers to Chase McLaughlin too for Monday Night Football Jeez. But I do want to ask you getting back to the offense uh who is going to be your pick to carry the load out of the uh the running backs this week obviously Ian Book was the leading rusher last week 
But out of the running backs, Jameer Smith had a, a, a decent day. He broke off one for 40 yards and finished with uh, 58 on the day. But do we see guys like Tony Jones and Jafar Armstrong back at the top, or are we seeing more of Jameer Smith and guys like Sebo Flemister? See, and that's an interesting point. Um, I think, you know, coming down the stretch towards the end of the season, you're going to see more of a combo. I think, you know, we know what we have in Tony Jones. I think we're going to get him back next year. I, you know, I would assume he's not going to the draft this year. If he does, you know, best of luck to him. But I think, you know, the way this Notre Dame team is constructed, we have an opportunity to bring back a good group of seniors. And, you know, with that being said, Tony Jones Jr., I think, what you know, what's the harm if he comes back for one more year, you know, unless he truly needs to, you know, get out of college and go make money? That would be the only way that I would see him leaving. I think, you know, another year would be beneficial. Maybe he'll climb up the draft boards. He will play on Sundays regardless, in my opinion. So, you know, it's completely and totally irrelevant. But just for the conversation, you know, coming down the stretch, we are towards the end of the season. And, you know, we talked about it before we even pressed the record button. You know, do we think Ian Book is going to come back? And, and you know, right now, do you think he's going to come back? Cole Komet has announced that he's going to come back. So we're reaching that point of the season where we're trying, you know, we're trying to really find out who would be rocking with us next year and who do we got to help out and get them to the NFL draft or at least, the, you know, the proper workout to get them their opportunity. As far as Ian Book goes, I just I feel that after the year that he's had, I feel like he can come back and do better next season and try to not only improve his draft stock, but just improve this team as a whole. Like you said, we have a chance to return, you know, a lot of a lot of talent, uh, but a lot of it is being lost to the draft. So, and a lot of it's being lost to graduation. So, I'd love to see Ian Book come back, but you know, you look at the history of quarterbacks that have left early, and things just have not pan out. A la Jimmy Clausen, Brady Quinn, things like that. And I mean, you look at the quarterback class for this year, and I don't even see Ian Book going in the first four rounds. So not after the year that he's had this year. So I hope he comes back next year. I mean, I love the guy, obviously. Um, let's hope he comes back and, and not only improves his stock, but you know helps his team try to get back to where they belong. See, and, that, and that's one of the things that I think is going to be one of the selling points and one of the most important things. I think with Ian Book, you have a – you know, he's a great leader. Don't ever question his leadership. I think he's a great leader. I think, like you said, at certain points in the season, Chip Long hasn't really set him up to succeed. And it's one of those things that is unfortunate. But I think if Ian Book comes back for another year, he has the potential to go down as one of, you know, one of those quarterbacks at Notre Dame to remember. Dare I say great, he would have to have one of the most amazing seniors, you know, second senior seasons, we'll call it, whatever you will call it, fifth year. But I think he needs to come back. I think he needs to fine-tune some things, get some things right, get in the weight room, get a little bit bigger, and then he'll be able to rock with the NFL draft in 2020. And I think he'll definitely he'll see a bigger paycheck because I think he'll go higher. Yeah, I mean, with Tua, obviously you're going to have competition with Trevor Lawrence next week, or next year, rather. Um, but, I mean, he's just going to have a good year. He's got to have a good year next year. There's a lot of big games on that schedule. Clemson comes into town next year. So yeah. he's going to have he's going to have a lot of opportunities next year to prove himself. He had the opportunity to prove himself this year against Georgia. Michigan thought he played well against Georgia in the Michigan game. Don't even want to talk about it. Uh, but 
I feel like he will just, like you said, have a better overall draft position if he comes back. Absolutely. However, so, we need to focus on this win first. No, before yeah. We, before we even get into next year, before we focus on doubling week one against Navy next year. No, yeah, one and zero, one and zero every week, and you know one of the things that we haven't even mentioned, you know, obviously, with the way college football was shaken up this past weekend, we actually moved down one in the rankings, which was expected because you know you got a team like Minnesota that's ranked behind us at eighteen, and then they go ahead and move up to eight. So it was good to see that happen. I think Penn State they had a quality season up to this point, but. You know, the Big Ten is going to be interesting this year. I, I really don't know how this college football playoff is going to shape up. Obviously, we're not going to get involved, but there's a lot of teams that still have a very good shot at getting in. I have said for the last couple of weeks that this is the most thrilling year of college football. You got Alabama losing. You got a team like LSU who's been on the rise, just absolutely kill it this year. Joe Burrow, I mean, his story. Uh, it's been just a crazy year for college football, and I feel like there's more to come with it. I hate that you know we're not a part of it, but college football to me, I think, is better than the NFL just in terms of competition. Um, watching, you know, the, I I almost felt bored last week after watching the Alabama LSU game, or uh, yeah, and going into uh, Notre Dame and Duke, like just watched a, a hell of a football game, and you're watching Notre Dame play Duke, so. Uh, it's been a great year for college football. Uh, I'm ready to be out at Notre Dame on Saturday to see a great football game between, you know, uh, almost a, a historic quote unquote rivalry between these two teams. Uh, it's just one of those good old fashioned college football games this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I said, it is, it is a damn shame that we're not involved this year. Uh, but we do, you know, we are going to be in that mix. I do believe for one of those new year's six bowls. So like I said, you know, it's one to know every week. We could um, be three and nine at the end of the year, so it could be worse. I'll take ten and two. Uh, it, it'll be it's tough coming off a playoff year, obviously, but I mean, you know, it, things could be a lot worse. We could not even be talking about a bowl game. Well, I was gonna say, pardon me, but I don't know what schedule you were looking at that we could have been three and nine this year. But I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> we don't speak numbers like that after the haunted four and eight season a few years back, which was I. I my brother gave year. me my brother gave me so much shit that year, dude. It was tough. He's a Northwestern fan. Yeah, there, we won't speak about that this year. But you know, coming down the stretch, we you know obviously, like I said, we got Navy, Boston College next weekend, and then we got Stanford the last week of the season. So I think three winnable games. Uh, with that being said, you know where do you think we fall as far as the prediction for this? What do you got for a score prediction? I agree with you. I think these are all three winnable games, starting with Navy this week. Um, I've been going back and forth about this. I, I don't know if I want to give Navy more points because I know that they can score the ball. I'm going to go 34-21 Notre Dame over Navy. I think Navy can run the ball. We've seen it. They're explosive with the triple option. Um, they'll catch Notre Dame off guard early. It's tough to adjust. I think they will eventually adjust, but uh, Navy will keep it close in, in the first quarter uh, slash into the first half, but Notre Dame will come out in the second half. and uh, I think Ian Book will put up one in the first half, but he'll come out swinging in the second. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I 
am of a similar mindset. I Like I said, I don't think it's going to be too high scoring. I think it's going to be somewhere in the ballpark of around 24 to 10. So I think Notre Dame's going to win 24 to 10. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I think this Notre Dame defense is finally going to give Navy a taste of their own medicine, and they're going to dominate this Saturday. Um, as far as the offensive side of the ball, who do you have for your player of the game? I'm going to go Chase Claypool. I said it earlier in the podcast. I think that these two, between Book and him, are going to have uh, a strong connection on Saturday. Uh, Claypool, I think, will go for two of those three touchdowns. Uh, I'm going to go with Chase Claypool on the offensive side. Okay. And where are you at as far as the defensive side of the ball? This one's tough, too, just because I feel like it's going to be such a – I mean, you never know how many tackles these guys are going to get because the ball could be going – no, different direction each play. Um, I got to stick with our, our, our guy, Drew White. I think that uh, he's been a force. Like you said, we really dogged the linebacking core in the beginning of the season, but we've said it you know, for weeks now that these guys are the most improved. And uh, being the, the middle linebacker and triple option or against the triple option offense, it's not easy, but uh, I think he's going to make plays this weekend. Uh, I think he's even going to force a fumble this weekend. Absolutely. I would love to see that. Is he going to scoop it up and score it too? I don't want to get too ahead of myself. <laughs> Let's go with the fumble first. Uh, you know, we don't want, we don't want to see uh, any former Brandon Suarez trying to pick up a fumble and score. I, I know, you know, full play I'm talking about stumbling down at the five yard line. You were at uh, that game. You were I was at, at that, that game. game. Where, oh my God. I, I was at that game. I don't want to see that a repeat Brandon Suarez. I got to uh, Let's not force the fumble. The and... I got to find the clip on that because that actually was the most embarrassing play of my football career. I, I was there to see it. Fond memory always will cherish it. Uh, one of those that I know that I will speak on at your wedding at some point. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you hope that that doesn't happen to our boy Drew, but uh, I think he's going to force a fumble. If we get it in the end zone, we get it in the end zone. Uh, I'll take the fumble, though. I'll take a big game out of Drew White first. Yeah, and, and, you know, to my defense, we will get that video out to the listeners of me getting tackled, I believe, on the five-yard line. But I'm just going to go out and say it. I was on my Tyreek Hill shit, man. I was out running my blockers. They couldn't keep up with me. I don't get the ball, you know, too many times in a game, you know, playing linebacker, playing a little bit of safety, wherever they want to throw me. I'm a pick them and plug them guy. You can put me out on the field. I'll produce forever. But, uh, yeah, I could not produce a touchdown on that play. And I think the funniest part of that is actually the commentary by Johnny. So yeah, I don't well, know, you know I, on the I, I inside threw, the Eagle. I threw one touchdown pass in my high school football career, and I felt like Tom Brady. So I can't go against you for saying that you were on your Tyreek Hill shit because I felt like Tom Brady <laughs> when I threw that touchdown. So I ain't even going to dog you for it. I know Absolutely. What the feeling is. I know what the feeling is like. My touchdown actually made it in the end zone, so you hate to see it for you. But, uh, <laughs> you know. It's all right. It's all right. I'm I, play, my, I, I, play, I, I was on my Ian Book shit that day. You know what I'm talking about. I played defense, you prick, which leads me to my next point. With the absence of Julian Aquara, our guy Khalid Kareem is going to be our player, my player of the game on the defensive side of the ball. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I'm riding the wave. I was there last week. We'll call it the called shot as far as Irish on tap goes. I think Kareem's going to have another big game this Saturday. Um, some of the things that, you know, we, we, you know, slipped our mind, we did get a little bit off the rails, uh, just some of the other numbers for this weekend. So Notre Dame on the matchup predictor is actually an 84.3% pick. 
to 15.7% at Navy. Um, you know, the spread is minus seven and a half points and the over under is 55 points. So like we said, even, you know, even the experts, they think it's going to be, you know, kind of in that area, maybe 24, 28 points for each team. Uh, weather, like we had stated, you know, earlier in the podcast, it's going to be 33, a little cloudy, a little sunny, just depends on where you're at and what time it is. But I do believe it's going to be gorgeous out there, especially and with for what our we've been sake. Doing no wind yeah and you know what it's just cold enough for the mounds to stay blue on the beer if we you know have we do got some Coors Light ready to rock in the fridge don't know what else we're going to pick up on the way down there but it's going to be a great game I'm excited for it Ethan do you have any other wrap-up thoughts for our listeners yeah just the same as you I mean I'm excited uh I've been staring at the tickets since I got them yesterday uh where we are in the Joyce lot, so feel free to. Uh, we're in the J lot, I believe. The uh, the parking pass says uh, we'll update that on Saturday on our way to South Bend. Uh, just you know, stay stay with us on the Irish on Tap Twitter. Uh, this will come out uh, probably on Friday before the game. If you're headed to South Bend, feel free to tune us in the radio on uh, Saturday morning, getting you ready for Notre Dame and Navy. We'll be walking around the campus. Feel free to say hi to us. We'll be uh, the geeks decked out in Notre Dame gear. Amongst the others. You speak for yourself on that geek term, but we are definitely be cracking them. We're going to be over campus. We don't get out there that often. It's only my second time, and I'm going to be going there two times in two weeks, so I'm absolutely stoked for that. Buddy, I've, um, been, there. I've been there numerous times. I'll, I'll, we'll give you the tour. We'll give yeah, you the tour. We'll I'm going to need the, the tour. I'm the, I'm the Rudy of Notre Dame fans as far as visits to South Bend. Um, but, you know, a couple final wrap-up notes. You know, I do get it out there for the guys that aren't going to be out there. You know, the guys and gals that won't be out there in South this weekend. Uh, the ONTAP Sportsnet, you know, we're hosting our live event in Rosemont at the Murray Brothers Caddyshack. Uh, it's going to be, you know, this Saturday, November 16th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Like I've stated on previous podcasts, going to be some past and present Chicago sports guys out there as well as your ONTAP Sportsnet personalities. And this is our first live event, so it's going to get a little rowdy. Whole lot of crackums going to be going on, and you know I am, you know as excited as I am for this game, I am kind of bummed that we're not going to be out there with the guys getting after it. So that's something that is unfortunate. Um, but you know, with that being said, it was another you know great episode of Irish on Tap. Look out for the Twitter. You know, the Twitter we're going to be exploding on Saturday. We're going to be getting all the content out to the people, and I'm going to go out and say we haven't talked about it, Ethan, but. If we can find a cameraman, we're definitely in some. We're we're gonna get a post game video out with a recap before we get the podcast out. Just so, you know, it, quick. It, we'll call, it may have to we'll be a selfie video. Hands. May have to be a selfie video, but I, I'm pretty sure uh, our content Saturday will be pretty good. So stay tuned to it. I'll go out and dub it a quick hit recap because we will still absolutely get you guys a recap of the game and the whole day. Uh, just the experience of how it is. Cause we're going to be in the joy slot. So we are in prime time tailgating area. Um, but you know, with that being said, I could talk until we start on Saturday. I got to get going. I got a long day tomorrow. The Irish are going to kill it on Saturday. We're going to get the content out to you and go Irish.